Hello, and welcome to Rhymes Against Humanity with Adam Brodsky. I am, uh, you get one guess who I am. Um, it is, what is the date today? The 20, I don't know, it's Monday, the 12th, the 13th, the 16th. It's the 16th of February. It's a Monday. It's President's Day, as a matter of fact. Um, and I went online. I, I just, we're about to get to the podcast with uh, Aaron McCowan uh, that I recorded, and um, it's a little different than the regulars. Um, there's no music. I met up. Erin Aaron was, was pressed for time, so she met me in the, uh, in the, the green room with Tin Angel, and we, we recorded. We talked for about half an hour on my little, uh, my little Zoom H4 unit, and then uh, I edited it down a little bit, and, uh, and I'm going to bring it to you. But uh, before that, I, went on, I just went on, uh, uh, checked the Facebook, and went online briefly to see you know, what was in the news, what, uh, what maybe if there's anything that, uh, that I had an opinion on. And basically all anybody is talking about this morning is how fucking cold it is uh, here in the Northeast. But, uh, uh, um, you you know, it's winter. Yes, it's cold. It's 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 exceedingly cold. Sometimes it's near zero. But uh, um, and how cold everything is. And then the other thing they're talking about is everyone has a complaint about uh, Saturday Night Live's 40th anniversary show, which which aired last night. And uh, I guess my my only complaint about the show, I ended up watching the whole thing. I don't as uh, I cut the cord with cable a couple of months ago, and so I don't watch a lot of uh, broadcast. Watch a lot of live TV other than sporting events. Um, and, but this one, I actually uh, found the antenna and tuned in and, and watched, I don't know, uh, most of it, not all of it. But uh, um, And I found the uh, – my, my complaint wasn't with the show. It was interesting what they did. They didn't, they didn't rely on a lot of clips. It wasn't basically a clip show. Uh, uh, they were actually – in the three and a half hours, there were very few clips. But they brought out everybody. You know, you got to see who got fat and, uh, uh, and that Chevy Chase is still alive and – uh, uh, but that doesn't seem like it's going to be for very long. Chevy seems to be having a sad demise, which it doesn't seem anyone is too 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 all torn up about. But anyway, um, my biggest complaint about the show was that I could not hate watch it. It was just beautifully made for hate watching, as all these and it was you know it was a giant NBC circle jerk where they all just uh, uh, you know suck each other off for three hours and and. Um, it, it was just custom made for hate watching, and, and alas, I could not hate watch it with my sister because she died like a year ago and seven days, I think, eight and eight, a year ago and eight days. So um, I would have been on the phone the whole time or, or, or chatting with her about, about this show, or, or ideally we would have watched it together, and uh, and that's that, that broke my heart a little bit. Um, but, but that's what the show is for. It's not, it, you know, you don't care about seeing the land shark a, a, again one more time. Y you want to look back at a time when they were young, when you were young and, and get nostalgic and that's what nostalgia, but I'm drifting. Really what I'm here to talk about is, uh, Aaron McKeown, uh, who I say McKeown cause I, I know it's McKeown. It rhymes with bone. Uh, um, but I pronounce it wrong because I swear in 1998, she told me, and I listened very carefully how to pronounce it because I wanted to get it right. And she told me, and I uh, uh, internalized it and fucked it up for 20 years. But it's McKeown. Rhymes with McBone. Um, anyway, so we're going to get right right to the, uh, the, uh, the, the podcast with her. She and I talked for about half an hour, and we talked about some cool stuff. We talked about uh, net <clears> – <throat> excuse me. We talked about net neutrality. We talked about – uh, Deirdre Flint came up. We, we talked about her aspirational, Erin's uh, 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 aspirational uh, jingles that she wants to write for people, just uh, uh, to, to let you know how important you are. And we, we talked about the old days and got nostalgic, and then uh, we did not run any clips because it wasn't a clip show, as, uh, as, as you know, those are out of style. Uh, also, Kanye did not show up at our, day, at our thing. Um, so let me get right to it. 
Uh, I would love for you guys, if you like the podcast and everything, I would love for you guys to uh, um, to say nice stuff about the podcast on uh, uh, iTunes. Leave an iTunes review. Subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. And, of course, go to the website, rhymesagainsthumanity.com, and uh, see all the various uh, uh, other other episodes and uh, other things you can do on the site and, and, and things like that. Leave some feedback. I would love to hear it from you. But uh, without any further ado, let us talk right now about uh, Aaron McKeown. Uh, she and I sat down and discussed many things, including net neutrality, uh, Deirdre Flint, and uh, Mary Lee Rain. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, okay, so we are here with Aaron McCown. I'll record an intro uh, on my own time yeah, and leave you alone. So, so I brought the little mini uh, H4 Zoom recorder out. Didn't have to bring the, the, the laptop and the garage band. Aaron has agreed to, to sit with me. Um, so here we are, Rhymes Against Humanity. This is, this is going to be a little bit of a different uh, because Aaron has a, uh, has a big rock and roll show to put on with her giant one-piece band. <laughs> and uh, and so it was nice of you to meet me after soundcheck, and we're just going to talk. So we'll, we'll, we'll just we're going to go rapid fire. Super, uh, uh, Aaron is, is super casual. I'm ready. So uh, I worked. I just let, let me ask you right off the top of the bat, without giving you any chance to think, who's on your Mount Rushmore of songwriting? You want me to just say these things? Randy Newman. Randy Newman's good. <sighs> Michelle shocked. Oh, that's good. Um, Frank Lesser. I do not know who that is. He wrote Guys and Dolls. Oh, okay. And How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Uh, the, 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 the music and the score. And the music and the yeah, words? Yeah, music and lyrics. Okay. Um, gosh. Do I have to do four because there's four on Mount Rushmore? I would appreciate four, but it's your all rules, right. man. It's your world. We're just all living right. in it. Well, I'm going to put Slater Kinney as the fourth. Okay, we'll just squeeze all those girls together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so... Now, if I, if I had to ask you for an all-female Mount Rushmore, so we got uh, Slater Kinney in, in the uh, George Washington spot. Why has it got to be all-female? I don't know. You're a woman. I'm t- trying to make bring the extra X chromosome. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be all vaginas up in here. Lucinda Williams. That's good. Patty Griffin. That's very good. Slater Kinney. Um, and... I don't think about people as women or not in general, but um, I'm going to leave it at three. Okay. Michelle Schock made the uh, general but did not make the woman's, just uh, just if you're keeping score at home. <laughs> Michelle went off the rails about a year ago. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was that hard? I mean, I, I, have you, are you friends? Have you, have you met her? We... I, I'm not going to say anything. I understand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I... I, I yeah. It, I, yeah. It was... I'm a huge fan. We met once at Kerrville. Yeah. And she was sweet enough to me. I'm just going to say that I think her music is some of the most important music of the 20th century. I would agree with that. That's I would... What, that's what I would say. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yes. I, I was actually had a, a, a... You made a record... Six or seven, the the the, the covers album, uh, sing oh, for your sing you sinners, seven, sing sinners, yep. Okay, so uh, you made a record of covers, and I think you, what it was one of your own songs on there, and the yep. rest were covers. Okay, yeah. So you make this record of covers. Whenever you're making a record of covers, whenever a music, an artist makes a record of covers, I think two things. One, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Great, you think. Go ahead. What do you think? You I think. think. They don't have enough songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting up there in some cabin, banging their head against and... the table. <laughs> 
and oh god what's the other thing you think the second thing (laughs) (laughs) that's obviously the first thing and then the second thing i think is look there's a million covers that that Mm. everybody plays how do you knock it down to one album's worth were there were there some songs of yours were there some songs some covers that you love that just didn't make the record i had songs i had songs but um i am glad i waited because the songs got better because I had such a long time between original records. Um, I picked the songs because I was, um, I had always played swing songs for fun. Yeah. So I just picked the ones that I played at home by myself. And then I was um, falling in love with someone at that time. So I picked like swing songs that we had liked together. Okay, that's that's awesome. So it was like a little memory of when we were falling in love. Is that person is a piece of your past now? Yeah. When you listen to a record like that, listen whether it's a record of originals or covers, that was you know I got records that are written about specific girls or two or yeah, three yeah. girls. Does it take you back to a time, or do you hear them through your through through your current self? Do you understand what I'm saying? No, no, they're like they're like little postcards. Okay. That. I just remember. Oh, right, we found that song. Because we were listening to that record, or oh, we used to sing that song, or that's an arrangement that we came up with together because we like that song. Do you can you give me one specific example from that record or any record? Um, from that record, um, there's a song called "Something's Got to Give," and um, I learned it from a Fred Astaire collection okay um and and i in that particular relationship we were we we were sort of each tied up in our own ways and and probably shouldn't have happened um (laughs) and there was tension right and so something's got to give that's that's how that song got picked because it was just like when an irrepressible smile such as yours meets an old immovable heart such as mine. You know, it just was like, that's what we were feeling at that time. Okay. All right. So that's how the song got picked. And, and it was like, just things resonate. I don't know. I used to listen to this late night jazz program on public radio in Western Massachusetts. And, and during that time, like I'd hear a song on that program and sometimes they just felt like they would like be like lightning bolts from the sky. And I would be like, right. oh man, yeah. This song is exactly how I feel right now. I got to put it on the record. Okay. So I learned a bunch of songs that way. Now it se- it seems to me when your when your heart uh, I guess when your when your amygdala is uh, is all juiced up. <laughs> so because uh, that that's like memories are tied to that. So when you're having an emotional, that's why you remember where you were when they shot Kennedy or whatever. Right. Right. Um, when your amygdala is all juiced up like that. You're open to all this other. St- that's why when you yeah, for me yeah, when yeah. you break up every song on the radio is exactly right. about. Right, or when you're falling in love, like music sounds, yeah, the best thing ever. Because you're high. I mean, you're, you're literally high. high. It's true. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's I'm, true. That's that's next on my list. I mean, I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> gotta take, get the, take the trash out and everything. But cycles, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, but now I got now I got a dog. My dog will, will help someone fall in love with me. He's adorable. <laughs> so I got that going for me. Do you ever, when you're playing a song on stage, because this this sometimes happens to me, so I hope it happens to you. You're playing a song on stage that you that you sung every night or every third night. And all of a sudden, you start to hear the song, and you're like, this song fucking rocks. <laughs> Who wrote this? This guy's awesome. Does that ever happen to you? Um, not on stage, because I'm usually trying to remember it. Yeah, hell yeah. You know what I mean? But um, every once in a while, 
But also, like, if I haven't played a show in a long time and, and I need to remember or think of some new things for the new show, I'll go back and, like, search for myself in my iTunes folder. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, like, and, and check out, like, some records to just be like, okay. Listen can... to your old, you'll listen yeah, to your yeah, old yeah, records. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Just to be like, how do I play that song or what should be in the pile for this next tour? Because off the top of my head, I can't, I just can't name things. So, um, anyway, every once in a while when I'm doing that, I'll think, oh, I have done something. Okay. That's the equivalent for me. Okay, that works. I'm like, oh, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> like, good for you. Yeah, yeah. It's a good record. I got, I got a few good records. I was, I was taught by my parents that, it, that, that, you know, sort of like the, the, the implicit, if not the explicit message was, well, if you did it, how good could it be? So, so I have to first, I have so to overcome that. all of that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and be yeah. like, all right, this is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think that the more of the thing for me is that, um, you know, it's a grind. Like this, this life is a particular grind, and it's like, you know, like. I'm pushing, I live, my, my driveway is about 50 yards from my house, and every time I have to push my giant amp, like, from my house to my van by myself, and it's a little bit uphill, like, I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, this fucking sucks. There's something about me alone, like, pushing the amp across my yard. <laughs> And putting it in my van just makes me despair. Oh, that's a great scene for the movie. Like yeah. five different times in yeah. different weather over the seasons. Oh, God. Yeah, this time I, yeah, right. It's like I have like a little chute carved out of the snow. Nice. My house the amp the chute. The amp chute. Anyway, that, the opposite of that is that, that moment where I am like rooting through the iTunes trying to figure out what to do next. And I have a little glimmer of like, oh, oh, I have done something. All right. That's the opposite of the like, what the fuck am I doing? Your validation. Internal or external? Some of both. Okay. Okay. Some of both. Good. You know? It's a healthy answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... I it's, it's tougher for me. Like, like when it comes from external, my immediate... Res- I, I work real hard. Not, I'm not really like this anymore, but my attitude would be like, what the fuck do you... you must, what kind of idiot are you? How could you possibly enjoy? And then from <laughs> internal, I'm like, oh, what am I saying? Of course I like it. But I'm the guy that wrote it, so... Right. No, I mean, I guess I guess a mixture. Like, that moment I'm talking about where I sort of every once in a while have a glimpse of, like, listening to sort of the sort of the, the whole of it. And I'm like, oh, okay, right, all right. I've done something. Like, that's that's just me listening and finally and seeing it. And other times it feels really great when, when people tell you that they appreciate what you did. Okay. Yes. I should, I should try listening to, I should try taping. When people say nice things to me, I should try taping it. And then I should try listening to that while I push the amp across the yard. Oh, that's good. Do you know what I mean? So that I can counteract the despair. A loadout playlist. Counteract the despair with how awesome you are. Yeah. That is great. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Um, I also have a side business of, um, I'm, I'm really good at jingle writing. Oh, really? Like Barry Manilow. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I love to write jingles yeah. and have, and have, um, you know, like if this singer song or anything doesn't work out, I maybe I'll start a little marketing company where I name companies and write jingles. I've done it for friends and it's great, but but I've been working on like a, like a real friend with a real business. Yeah, yeah. What do what do you got? Give me one. Um. Well, I I, I have a friend that has a cleaning business that's called Lady Cleaning Lady. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and what's the jingle? Uh, pressure and soap. Pressure and soap. Everybody needs pressure and soap. 
pressure and soap, pressure and soap. Everybody needs pressure and soap. Cha-ching. That's it. You're going to be singing that tomorrow. I am. Um, anyway, so so um, I have a, an um, affirmations business that I'm starting. Oh, okay. Of, like, affirmation jingles, right? So Ooh. I could be singing an affirmation jingle. And if you like, I'll sing you one of them. I would love to hear an affirmation okay. jingle. M-A-U-T-T-E-R. Why is there a you because you matter? Aww. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's awesome. It doesn't matter the tune. It doesn't matter the tune. Just M-A-U-T-T-E-R. Why is there a you because you matter? Do you know uh, Deirdre Flint, one of the four bitchin' yeah, babes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Deirdre's an old friend of mine. Yeah. And um, she and I had an idea once for the, the tell-you-what-you-want-to-hear therapist. It costs twice as much as regular therapy, but it's worth it because the therapist is like, it is all his fault and, yeah, and stuff like, you your mother really did a number on you. That's right. You must be so tired. <laughs> you can change him. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about, you are in, uh, uh, well, first of all, you are in, in uh, uh, Tin Angel. In the, we're in, we're in the uh, dressing room here, the headliner's dressing room yes, at Tin Angel. It's, and somewhere on the wall is a list of, oh, there it is, Where? all the years that I've played here. Oh, really? It hasn't been updated in a long time. Okay. Well, there's the well, first one. I mean, did you ever miss a year? No, I don't. I think I just put the first one. Oh, look at that. There you go. All right, I'll grab a picture of that afterwards. Um, but there used to be, oh, look, the wall of McKeown's. Oh, you have, okay. Do you know one? And then there was another. There's Bobby McCown. Oh, look at that! And Susan McCown has played here a bunch. She used to be on this wall. She's somewhere around here. Anyway, uh, it's an angel. Here we are. Nice. Uh, my uh, somewhere around here. I'm. I'm, um, Your friend and mine, Jess Klein. Yes. Where is it? We drew something we called the cockdozer on the wall. The cockdozer. Because we would go to these dressing rooms. All the time, and there would just be like pictures of penises all over the wall, and we would be like, "What the fuck?" Like, so we just we just turned them all into little bulldozers. Oh, I see. I like that. It's a cockdozer. All right. I I thought we had one here, but I guess maybe it's gotten covered up. Oh, now I'm uh, uh, I'm going to give 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 your nephew the creepiest gift ever. <laughs> <laughs> cockdozer. So you are in. We're in Pennsylvania now. Um, a million years ago, do uh, you remember the first time you played here? No, with you don't. With Susan Werner? No. Was it with you? Yes. Really? You opened for me the very first time you played in this room. Oh. And we sold that bitch out. We did, in like 1997? It was 97 or 98, something like that. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, uh, uh, you brought well more than the 25 expected in <laughs> Oprah. And, so, and because we sold that bitch out. Oh, my God. Thank you for reminding me of that. Thank um, you for starting this journey in this... <laughs> well, I, I met you at George's Fifth Street. Yep. Um, yeah, we, we, you were with the Virgins, yep. and the Fifth Street was like right around the corner from my house. Right. And then uh, uh, you come over for dinner. Yep. And, and at which I, uh, I remember I was like, she won't come, there's meat. But you're like, not. Nah. Because you were, you, oh, your, your record label was vegetable protein, it though. It still is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I still have the same record label. Um, well, that doesn't seem like a carnivore's record label, you know? No, it just was, I needed an acronym that meant something, so TVP. Okay. And then. Um, what was the name of that space uh, in in Providence where you were living for a while? AS220. AS220. I used to yeah, love yeah. it there. Right. That was great. Now that that was that was a cool place. It was like supposed to be like all Rhode Island artists, but the woman, uh, I don't remember, I forget her name, but the woman who who was running it liked me enough to let me come play even though I was from yeah, out of state. I mean, first and foremost Rhode Island artists, but they have 
robust programming for other people coming through town. I mean, when when I lived there, it was one building, um, a club on the first floor, yeah. 10 work studios and 10 live studios with a dark room and a screen printing lab. Now it's a complex of like four buildings with like numerous apartments, um, a robotics lab, a like 3D printing lab, Holy shit. all these classes, two different restaurants. It's an amazing place. So now... Is Rhode Island uh, generous to artists? Are there grants to be had? Is how does how does that? Um, I think it's a mixture. I think Providence is part of its renaissance, right? Was sort of pioneering that post-industrial. Let's use the arts to revitalize our downtown thing. Yeah, that was happening. I moved to Providence in 1996, and that was happening. Uh, that had the, I remember moving to Providence, and the first week I was there, somebody was like, "Hey, th- we just uncovered the river." <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, the river was paved over in downtown Providence. Why wouldn't for a long you pave time. it over? Why not? You can't park on a river. So, like Buddy Cianci was like, "Oh, let's like uncover the river." <laughs> and um, and uh, for a guy with that many bodies buried around town, that's a gutsy move. Dangerous, dangerous. Who knows what you'll find? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. No, it was. Um, I think it was a partnership. I mean, I think that was how ASU when it got started, and now it's its own. Um, it's involved in many like national granting. Um, organizations and is really a pioneer of that kind of like arts organization. And do you remember we had the folk off there? I do. Yeah, that was fun. That was uh, amazing. Yes. Uh, so here, trying to explain it since this is your podcast, can you? <laughs> all, all I remember is that it involved somebody interrupting somebody with music. I was going to play, I was playing like on the, more on the traditional tip, uh, uh, Johnny Cash or something, oh, yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. came up and played on the female singer-songwriter oh, yeah. tip, and then I interrupted <laughs> you with more trad, and then I think we... Either we sang um, Which Folsom because, Prison or because this Because, like, is your neither land. of us like trad and neither of us like female singers. Right, exactly, right. Yeah. Well, right. I was, I mean... Uh, um, that's conceptual, man. It was, oh, it was totally. It was balls <laughs> out. <laughs> that was amazing. And then for some reason, you know, so, so we're, we're, we're emailing back and forth back in the day because that's how people used to communicate. Yeah. Uh, with the emails, we call them. We used to call them emails. Start for electronic. <laughs> And uh, and I wrote something, and you wrote me back this four-page letter about how... Oh, you know what I bet this was about? You were actually going to play on my record a song called Rejection. Uh, uh, oh, okay, and, yeah, yeah. And um, the real reason you couldn't do it, was, which was a wonderful, valid excuse, you, you told me, hey, look, I would really love to, but the day you have me coming down to record... I'm going to be in uh, London opening for Ani DeFranco. And I said, oh, well, yeah. I'll let you go with that. That excuse will <laughs> that work for me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be traipsing through Europe with Ani. Yeah. It's like, okay, right. fine. <laughs> if you must. If I must. I remember that. Yeah, so Butch played on it. It came out okay. Yeah. But uh, but I, my next record, I'll get you. Another time, yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so you wrote me this three or four page letter about how uh, uh, you were bearing Ellis Paul's love child, and and it was all, in all of this uh, uh, Jane Austen prose, yeah. and a finer cage, a finer gilded cage I've never experienced, or something. It's like he trapped me, or somehow <laughs> it was like, fucking brilliant. Like his disdain for my music had somehow like like coerced me into like bearing his child and I was going to suffer quietly. It was amazing. This like child who we would name Russell or something. I don't know. <laughs> but remember. instead you ended up naming it Mary Lee Ruin. Who is opening for you this month tonight. <laughs> I just heard girlfriend sing. She's got some got some pipes, got man. All of her father's talent. <laughs> <laughs> when are you getting your Woody Guthrie tattoo? <laughs> uh and then um uh now what is the name of the uh, what's your net neutrality deal? 
Oh, I got involved um, a few years ago with an organization called the Future Music Coalition. Just just because, um, you know, they run these artist activist retreats, basically boot camps for artists who want to be activists to teach you how to do it. You okay. know, I think a lot more artists would do it if they felt like they knew how. How to sing through pepper spray. How to sing through pepper spray, how to answer a question about what you believe in, how to talk to your audience about politics. Um how to figure out how you want to contribute if you want to contribute at all so somebody asked me to do one of them and i went in blind and just fell in love with the process and with the organization and um uh that's an issue they've been working on for 10 almost 15 years okay as long as the internet has been around there's been a question about what does it represent does it represent um a utility like electricity or does it represent um a business like cable so that's been the, the conversation the whole time about it. So how do we think of it? Is it like um, a telephone or is it like a subscription service? And um, so net neutrality operates on the principle that any piece of information traveling on the Internet should be treated uh, with the same weight as anything else. Right. So equivalent with a telephone is like I call, I want a Domino's pizza. I pick up the phone and I, I dial Domino's. Um, if uh, Little Caesars wishes that I'd called them, they could slow down my Domino's call. Right. Right. That's the that's the one way to look at it, and that that's already happening um, with some internet service providers, and um, the Federal Communications Commission is is um, nobly trying to fix fix it, or but they're they're really trying, are they noble? I don't know what to call it. They're they're sort of good-hearted doofuses around it really um yeah i mean i i think they tried one method of it and um they they did a set of legal rules um two years ago and then congress like basically said that's illegal to make rules and stopped it um not congress verizon verizon brought, brought a lawsuit right and um so the fcc is is either trying to make a set of rules again or has the power to reclassify uh, broadband service like a utility like a utility which is called title two okay now the um you realize you are in uh, uh you're in the people's republic of comcast right now yes this is, yeah we uh, this, uh, <laughs> yes. you are you are at the, the yes. you can see the evil building from, yes, uh, from the absolutely. window yeah so what do you think uh, that's some... my, that's my parking i have to go change my meter okay we will uh, uh you know what we'll, we'll we'll wrap up soon okay um so w- straight up what do you think about uh, ten years from now, what, what do you, what do you feel? And and I don't want you to give me your positive spin. I want, I want to know what you think because you know more about this issue than I do. You've testified and shit. Well, I think the most promising. I'm not gonna. I like. I'll I'll be honest. Like I I don't know that the FCC will be able to stand up to or survive. Comcast is really powerful. Verizon, like all of those internet service providers, like. Um, may may win that round, um, and we may see a fast lane and a slow lane with the internet, or worse, um, in ten years. But there's a sort of parallel movement towards municipal broadband, and where cities are actually have cities and towns actually have the opportunity to build their own broadband networks, and um, in some states there's laws against it and those are being overturned. All right. And um, other places have no legislation around it. And I know, for example, in Western Mass, there's a coalition called Wired West that is, you know, gathering money and expertise to build their own 
um, very fast broadband network, so you would buy your internet from your town. Wow. Yeah. That's I, that's promising to me and really exciting and interesting. Yeah. I, um, You're making this face right now that people make when they talk about net neutrality. Right. <laughs> you know, where you're trying to like, and I'm making the face too, because sometimes I'm like, well, is that the right, I mean, I talk about this stuff all the time, but maybe I'm not totally up to date with it, or maybe I'm confusing the facts. There's there's too many facts, but I think that um, there's been a, a couple of things lately that explain it really well, and you can always go to futuremusic.com for the latest, especially if you're a musician, there's always great information. John Oliver did a really great I saw that, You can yeah. look on it, that explains net neutrality and why it's important. Um... And I think of other, like, for the average layperson, if they just, like, pay attention to their cable bill and ask themselves, like, should I really be paying $270 a month for, like, cable and internet and phone? Like, let me think about that and maybe get involved in a way to, like, make that more affordable. Awesome. And at the risk of ma of you making the, no, Adam, all lesbians don't know each other face. <laughs> Are you friends with Rachel Maddow? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was the local radio DJ in Western Mass um, oh, okay. that I lived in for a long time. And then when she went to Air America, she had me on her show a few times. And that's where I really learned to start talking politics was watching her because she was like, she's so good at it mm -hmm. and so personal and warm about it and not like wonky wonky. Right. Um, so I learned a lot. And then um, and then she's gone on for to TV stardom. She's like one of the, I mean, obviously her journalism is, is, is slanted, yeah. but it's actual journalism, man. No, it's true. She does what she's doing. She's, I appreciate that she's bringing humor to it, but she's also bringing rigor and she's really interested in like making people tell the truth. Seems like every day she's breaking a story. Like, I don't know, just this week, they, uh, uh, Bobby Jindal had to ditch that uh, crazy prophet raising from the dead woman. And I think it was because Rachel Maddow. Uh, oh, it's... Pardon me for having a Bobby Jindal blog. <laughs> but, like, I just can't pay attention to what. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know. Oh, let me ask you this. Who are you voting for in 2016? Oh, man, that's tough. You can say anything because it's so early. Bernie Sanders. Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? The, the Sanders-Warren ticket? It would be amazing. Sanders-Warren or Warren? Of course they're not. She's not running now. But you think she'll get the appointment to the Supreme Court? Think Hillary will appoint her to the Supreme Court? And my, uh, oh, I haven't heard that. I just made it up. Oh, <laughs> but God, is she interested in that? I wonder if she's I interested. Did, I in made that. it up in my own head. Do you mean a Ruth Bader Ginsburg seat? Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna stuff Ruth and keep her forever. Oh, we're gonna God, tape her eyes so open this amazing, time. She's so amazing, isn't she? The notorious RBG. Yes, That's right. I know people that have tattoos of her. Really? Yes. That is that is. I also know people that have like needlepoint like pictures of her on their wall. Wow. Or dress up as her <laughs> Halloween. It's a fun world. All right, let's wrap up. Uh, it was really, really. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, so man. glad you made some time for me. So great. And uh, this was, this was great to catch up. And when you come back again, I'll have you over to, to the house uh, legit. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll do it with, we'll uh, do with it music legit. and everything. Good. So it was very good to see Aaron McCowan. Um, in this going to be mid February. Have you any idea what, what, what you're playing in, in the second half of February? Where you're going to be at? Yeah, I'm doing the South. The South. So if you're from the South. Come to see Erin and offer her some uh, grits and uh, take her to church with you. <laughs> All right. Adios. Go Thanks, put money man. in your meter.